his stomach. He wasn't homesick. There wasn't anyone at home. So how could he be homesick for an empty second-floor apartment? Anyway, sometimes he got homesick at home when everyone was gone. Of course, there was Jessica, but he wasn't going to think about her anymore after what she had done. The M&Ms tasted funny. Jessica said green ones tasted better than brown, so she always grabbed them first. But since she was no longer his significant other, he picked out all the greens for himself, even though they didn't taste any better. Are you Trevor Ackerman? He yanked off his earphones and hung them around his neck. The tiny, white-haired woman wore a strange cap, a leather beret thing with a sagging bill that almost hid her faded blue eyes. She needn't have asked. There was no one else around but him. I'm to pick you up. Your Aunt Calla doesn't do airports. I'm your Aunt Louisa. Great Aunt Louisa? He tried not to stare. Her face was tanned and lined, but even standing still, she looked as if she were in motion. Whatever. She looked down at his luggage, picked up his two bags, and started for the exit. Trevor threw his backpack over his shoulder and hurried to catch up with her. It was raining outside the terminal, turning the entire world an ugly gray. Wait here. I'll bring the car around, she ordered, setting the bags down, hunching her shoulders, and disappearing into the rain. They're family, his mother had explained. They're your grand-aunts, really, your grandmother's younger sisters. Louisa, after Louisa May Alcott, and Calla, after some flower, I think. Great-aunt Louisa didn't look sturdy enough to be a regular aunt, let alone a great-aunt. A big maroon station wagon with sides paneled in real wood finally pulled up to the curb. His great-aunt hopped out and stacked his luggage in the back while he crawled into the front seat. Automatically, he reached for the seatbelt. There wasn't one. The wagon was so old that it must have been made before he was born. It's about an hour's drive, she said, as they pulled out of the airport. She sounded younger than she looked. She wasn't much taller than he, frail-looking, really, but he'd heard once that when people got old, they began to shrink. What's it like on Blue Isle? Quiet. Her eyes never left the road. Then, when he thought she wasn't going to say anything more, she went on. Blue Isle is lovely. Trees, sky, ocean. Enchanting, really. Sure, the land of Oz, and she was Glinda the Good Witch. Trevor almost said it aloud, but he'd learned to keep Freddie Ackerman remarks to himself. What's there to do? Whatever you like. I mean, are there malls, movies, video game arcades? No. The word sounded as final as a death sentence. He had thought he was escaping from the its and thems. This was no escape. This was exile. 
they crossed a nameless river. He knew they were headed south because he'd looked at a map, but now in the rain he couldn't read any of the road signs. At one place, on the far edge of the city, road construction blocked one lane. As they waited for the traffic light to turn green, he wondered what would happen if he opened the car door and disappeared. Great Aunt Calla would probably be relieved, and Great Aunt Louisa, sitting beside him, might not even notice, since she hadn't looked over at him yet, and besides that, seemed to have used up her quota of words for the day. Freddy Ackerman, World War II ace, his B-24 Liberator bomber shot down in flames, and his parachute buried deep in the Black Forest, would never allow himself to be captured alive with all the secret invasion plans he was carrying. Freddy Ackerman would...